If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at MyGreenSolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Here with our super intern, Kale Sorbo, today, talking Rockies, making his podcast debut, so we're very excited about that. All right. I would like to begin this here podcast with the Q&A's. There's a, I want, of course, I want to talk a little bit about me because I wrote an article that I want to get your opinion on and just opinions in general, just looking for some confirmation of my own mm. harebrained ideas. But uh, do want to have you in here with all of these. We got some great questions in, and this one really is something that everybody is weighing in on right now and as far as i can tell the the genesis of the conversation is this let me, let me begin with blake asking here on twitter at blakey wheel saying give me three reasons why people are stupid and think that anthony rendon is better than nolan arenado uh <laughs> can i give you three reasons why he's not because i would i would prefer to do that yeah well um, that, yeah yes you can so especially i, I mean there's I think a, bit, a lot of this conversation comes around um, the, the part of baseball this season that people were heavily watching uh, towards the end of the season. Even though Nolan was playing great, the Rockies were kind of out of it. And so he wasn't in the national conversation. Similarly, like he has in the last couple of years, I think he's been what top three in MVP voting the last two years. I think he's probably going to come in at sixth or seventh this year, even though his offensive numbers are uh, even better. better. I mean, 41 home runs and he was, Basically, I didn't hit a home run for the first 10 games and then was, 
you know, July was horrible was awful. for him. Yeah. And so the fact that he's going to hit those numbers, even with that, but I also think July is like one of the biggest months in all of baseball for as far as when people are starting to play pay attention to the postseason more than the diehard fans, right? The postseason race coming into it. And the Rockies just completely fell out of it. In the same time, Rendon got hot during that time. And so I think that's where a lot of this conversation in season came from. And then obviously yesterday he had some phenomenal plays. Right. Uh, that, that definitely, <laughs> like, he started doing stuff. And that's what kind of bothered me about it because it started in this place where it's like, this is really fun and I want to be a part of the celebration too. He's having a great game, but – People just can't leave it alone, can they? They can't just leave it oh, there like, right. oh, he's so great, he's so good. It's a part of our society. It's a part of our culture to say he's the best because he's doing awesome, amazing be, things right now. It's the same thing that bugs me when people, like, the first thing people ask you when you see a sequel is, was it better than the first one? Right. Instead of, was it a good movie, right? Right. Like, I can say, oh, it was a good movie. And so I feel like a lot of it, it's just like, can't we just appreciate that, like, yeah, there's some really awesome players in the postseason playing out of their minds right now. But let's not get silly uh, and say right. that he's better than Nolan Arenado, who is going probably going to be go down as one of the best third basemen to ever play in the entire history of the game. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> where you start to like the whole thing gets gets weird and. There were a number of people coming from a number of, of different directions on this about, well, he's better offensively. And, and there are probably some interesting debates to be had. And, and he's having the better season. I'll admit that. Like oh, Anthony Rendon, yeah. if I was voting for MVP, I, I would have him ahead of Arnold. Well, higher in, higher in slug percentage, higher in on-base percentage. I, I mean, all of those, his, his wins above replacement is way higher than Nolan Arenado's this year, right? Right, right. And so I understand all of that. And, but at the same time, like – you have to look at offensive stats and then remember that like you're also dealing with the best defensive third baseman. And so while what Rendon does on the offensive side this year specifically might have been a little bit better and more consistent for sure than what Nolan did, I also don't think you can leave the defensive argument out of it. I, I mean, year in, year out, he's defensively the best player on the Rockies and is going to be the best defensive third baseman for an entire era of baseball. Right. That That's the thing that's so weird about it to me. It's like even if you could argue that Rendon is the better offensive player and you have to use park-adjusted statistics to do it because yeah. other than this season, of course, of course, all of those things go the other way. Some people were sort of accusing me as I was talking about like their whole careers. You look at their whole careers and they've both been in the league since 2013 Nolan's got him way beat in mm. every category mm, for sure but people have said well you know just take a look at the last three years it's much closer over the last three years Rendon's been better but again Nolan Arenado still leads him in slugging percentage by 20 some on points he's hit 33 more home runs than Rendon over the last three seasons. That's a whole extra season's worth of home runs. For, a re for an all-star. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's on top of the thing that you just brought up. That's when we're talking all around third baseman, then it becomes not close because you're talking about a guy who's great defensively versus a guy who, as you put it, Maybe the best ever. It's getting to the point where we can start to take the word maybe out of that sentence. Yeah, honestly. Mike Schmidt and Brooks Robinson have already said he's better than them, so so what are we doing? So what's yeah, the, who's the debate? I, 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 you're not going to get any arguments out of me. And, I mean, but then again, I'm, I'm a Rockies fan, so like, <laughs> right, I'm getting right. to <laughs> and we're bringing in the, that perspective of it. But it, it, that's, I think, what drives people crazy mm. because it, it, it just shows that like there is this – just unwillingness to acknowledge the baseball in Colorado because if you watched this guy play every day and this was something I saw our good friend Mark Knutson who is ha having this battle with me 
on Twitter, friend of the pod, he's been on several times, we'll have him back. Um, he put it this way, there is not a manager in baseball who beginning 2020, if given the option, would take Rendon over Arenado, not one. Oh. There might be one or two fancy schmancy GMs who think that you know they can read the numbers better and the WRC Plus is higher. There's not a manager in the game who's going to take Anthony Rendon over No, like if, if, if you went out tomorrow and said, okay, throw it all, we're having a draft of skill position players, as you would say in right. other sports. Right, right. Like, right. You we'll know, call them position players. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm <laughs> yeah. saying, as you would say but, in other sports, right, like, right. Go, like, we're going to have a draft. Nolan would still be the first or second pick. He'd be the second pick. Yeah. Mike Trout would go first, yeah. and that's right. That's what I'm... Uh, and Nolan would go second. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what's so weird to me is that in order to make this argument, you really have to look at baseball through only one lens. You have to very harshly – because like I said, it's 50 points of slugging percentage in favor of Nolan Arenado. It's 33 extra mm-hmm. home runs. It's 40 extra RBI over the last three seasons. Anybody else, that's, that's the end of the conversation. That's it. Like you just say those yeah. couple of things. You go, okay, yeah, that guy's better. You have to make Coors Field – the number one, number two, and number three argument. And I've said this before, and it's just worth repeating, that Nolan Arenado is impacted by Coors Field less than maybe anyone I've ever seen come through there. His home runs aren't cheapos. And in fact, this year, Nationals Park, higher home run factor than Coors Field. It's it, it, it just getting Well, so- I mean, it's to a point where, I mean, and we can talk about it all we want, but with the juiced balls, I mean, almost right. every park is Coors-esque right now. And so the the home run numbers, like I Coors didn't have nearly as much of an effect to me as, as a fan watching this year as it's had in years past in comparison to other parks, especially watching this team on the road and at home, like... I mean, I'm sure there's offensive stats that say they're better at home and all that just because the adjustment that they go through all the time. But I, I mean, honestly, I like to the eye test, right? It wasn't that big of a difference. And I think the juiced balls is, is, is a huge part of that. Absolutely. The juiced balls is a huge part of that. And, and, and it's funny because a lot of guys are having career years and Rendon and Arenado are both in that category. Totally. Uh, but Rendon hit way more. I think he bested his uh, top home run by a total by like nine or ten a lot this year and nolan just got his normal 40 you know but and just (laughs) yeah just his normal 40 that's the other thing too is when people talk about like home or like rbi like yeah it's not really a great stat okay when he gets 120 every year it's not about it's not a randomness thing anymore no but uh, anyway, maybe we'll come back around to that. But it, I think the reason that conversation does continue to be so frustrating is that it, again, highlights how every Rockies player has to have everything that they do filtered through this weird nonsense rather well, than just recognizing, like, no other elite player in any sport has their entire value just completely thrown out the window by some pretty smart people. John Elway wasn't less of a Hall of Famer because he played half of his games at altitude. Right. 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 It, it's just, <laughs> and, and there's the other aspect of it too that's like, the, I know I said we were going to move on. We'll get there. <laughs> um, it's the, there's always somebody else. This happened, at, now, this is a biased thing that does happen in other sports when people don't want to pay attention to your city. Fans of the Carmelo Anthony Nuggets would be very familiar with this. I assume, though, I'm, I'm only now getting back into it, that it happens with Jokic. Um, 
it sounds like this happens to the is Avs it, until is this it the year, flyover where flyover city type of thing, where yeah. the national media just doesn't really pay attention to Denver. Like, and, and the Denver Nuggets to me were the perfect team of that example last year. The Nuggets were second in the West. They were really vying for the number one overall seed, and you could tell, like. Even you could t- regular season is regular season. Right, the playoffs are all that matter. But even when they got into the playoffs, Jokic had one of the best first playoff runs for a star ever. His numbers were only on pace really with Shaq or Kareem. Like he was having crazy rookie playoff numbers, and nobody was talking about it in the national media because they were caught up in Dame Lillard's you know right. buzzer beater, right. Kawhi Leonard and. Don't get me wrong, those players were amazing, and as an NBA fan, like, they're electric to watch, but it's also just like, okay, I get it, Jokic is slow, but, you know, he's one of the best players in all of basketball, and I feel the same way about Nolan Arenado. Every year, I feel like I'm screaming my head off online, trying to defend this guy, whose play should defend itself. Right, you shouldn't have (laughs) to defend Nolan Arenado. He's never been MLB Network's top third baseman. So I remember when Carmelo was going through, it was it was the same thing. There was always some other small forward who was the flavor of the month or the the flavor of the year. I mean, it was guys like David West was better than Carmelo at one point. Rudy Gay, Brandon Roy. These guys were all supposedly better than Carmelo, and he ended up having a Hall of Fame career, and none of those guys did. Mm. And I, I, I see the same thing going on with Nolan. Was, Chris Bryant was the better third baseman oh. than Nolan Arenado. And then it was Jose Ramirez was the better third baseman than Nolan Arenado. Or when the contracts were signed, that whole ridiculous conversation. Manny of, is Nolan Arenado or Manny Machado the better third baseman? I was Go sit in ridiculous. a corner with that. But oh, that, my God. <laughs> but there's al- they're always looking for somebody else, and it's not... Like, they'll always put him in there in second or third. They'll be like, man, he's so great, but Coors and whatever. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just – that's the part of it that drives me crazy. There's always someone else, but then that person goes away, and then they move to the next guy. It's never that same guy comes back. No, I, I mean, but it's always – but it's – here's the sad part. We're so used to it in Denver, right? Yeah. I mean, it's – the Coors effect is people have been saying it for, uh, you know, two decades now. It's the only reason Matt Holiday didn't win that MVP, right? Like, right. Right. it's just, it, I, I'm so, it, this is hard because, like, it is fun to talk about this type of thing, but I'm so used to it as a Rockies fan. Right. No, you, you do start to get almost kind of numb to it, and I think that's why, you know, it's it, it's difficult and we got to do, like, what we can to get the word out on Larry Walker in this final year of his Hall of Fame yeah, because it's the yeah. same damn problem. And I really, really thought... No, I don't know if I really thought this. I hoped it in in the perhaps the most naive part of my heart that all of this DJ LeMayhew stuff was going to make people realize how silly and full of nonsense they were. But okay. it is it, it, it's done nothing. It's like, again, people can't look back just a few months and go, oh, actually, DJ LeMayhew's you know, always been good. You know, it, it would, that's been such a weird narrative for me to follow because the narrative should be about like, oh, the Coors effect isn't as real as people think it is. This guy's always been good. Maybe everybody else that's really good in Denver is actually really good. The effect just immediately went to, oh, man, New York is so smart. They're oh, so smart. Oh, the God, how smart Oh, they are. and, like, I, I, I went, like, yes, are the Yankees smart? But when they originally signed that contract, he wasn't even slated to be a starter. Right. So don't even tell me, oh, my gosh, the Yankees are so smart. Yeah. Like, it just proves how brilliant that front office is. I just, the, the narrative's not what it should be. Yeah. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, so, no, I know I'm so I'm so into it too. It's like, come on, again with this. Uh, Matt says, "How likely is it that Charlie Blackman gets traded?" I'm going to go with very unlikely. I don't think the Rockies are interested in moving anybody out of their core, and I don't think there are too many teams out there. Again, back to the DJ conversation. Like, I don't think that there are teams who value Charlie Blackman properly. Uh, everybody in baseball underrated DJ LeMahieu, and and you can't sell Blackman anymore on a on a defensive thing or on a base running thing you have to sell him only as a hitter and he is one of those guys who over the last I think two years now has had some pretty strong splits like he, he's been much better at home than on the road which but, but, <laughs> happens I mean, to lots of people but I mean and, and, and his his defense has declined don't absolutely. get me wrong absolutely but he still hit look he's your third best player and he hit 32 home runs this year right like uh, what are you, I'm sorry, what more are you asking for? And his contract is actually, in, in today's terms, with the contracts that have been getting signed now, incredibly manageable. Right. So I, I don't really understand, because number one, replacing that production is not going to be easy. Right. And I don't think you're going to get the amount of, because I, like you said, I don't think other clubs value him as much as we in Denver do. Right. I don't think you're going to get the return the on that investment. Right. You're not going to get three top prospects for him at all. And, and so I think the return on the investment just wouldn't be there for the amount of production you're still getting out of him, especially since you have better defensive options like David right. Dahl and Rymel Tapia in your outfield now. Right. And, and, and that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I've, I've said all along, if somebody does come along, and decide they believe in his offense, and they've got excess pitching, and they think Charlie Blackman puts them over the top, and they offer you their top starting pitcher and their top relief guy, and they'll take on his whole contract. Sure, I just think that that's like, not realistic. That's, it's not realistic yeah, at all. Yeah, uh, he, he'll continue to be an important part of the Rockies, and and I think he'll stay through the duration of that contract. Mm -hmm. uh, I am Avalanche Town. Hey, me too. Uh, <laughs> says why not? I've been having so much fun discovering. Uh, hockey oh, Drew, it's been it's been a bl well, it's been even as fun as it's been on Twitter. It's been even more fun around the office, just like talking hockey with Drew and having him just like ask so many questions. It's been great. I'm I'm just sponging it up, man. <laughs> sponging it up. But uh, I am Avalanche Town wants to know why not first base McMahon, second base Rogers, shortstop Story, third base some guy named Nolan Arenado. Left field Tapia, center field Dahl, right field Blackman, catcher Walters. Uh, no reason not. Th uh, that's that's what I think the starting lineup will be next year. In fact, I I don't really. Uh, <laughs> I, I say yes. I, the the biggest <laughs> issue there is uh, the uh, Daniel Murphy in the room. Uh, if he's still on the roster, uh, he'll probably get his fair share of starts at first base, and and that'll leave McMahon at second. But there is also an impending. Rogers situation he has to prove it mm. he has to show he can mm. do it but you can't hold this young man back and they understand uh, yeah, but that was so that was one of the things I didn't like about this season is I thought they really mishandled the Rogers situation yeah I think sending him up putting him sent like you know picking him up sending him back down there's a lot the of back and forth all the moving back and forth and not really like they never really gave him a chance in the majors to, to have enough consistency to really start learning like, okay, here's the speed of the pitching up here, which I'm not used to down in the minors, right? And so things like that, I just feel like he was moving back and forth so often that he never really 
had a chance to find his play at a majors level, even as a rookie. And I, I don't know if they're ready to just throw him into a starting lineup, but at the same time, he's the top prospect you've got. At some point, you've got to let him prove himself. Yeah, that may not be the starting lineup as the season begins, but at some point during next year, that, that I think will be the starting lineup. So my question for you then is, uh, we mentioned the Daniel Murphy in the room. What, what do you do with that contract? Yeah, well, Chris asks, what AL team can we trade Daniel Murphy <laughs> to? And uh, did Rymal Tapia prove himself to be a starting center fielder this year? So on, on the Daniel Murphy part of it, any literally any AL team, I think, mm. would have a legitimate interest in Daniel Murphy. Um, I know Rockies fans are frustrated with the performance he had this season, but he still got his like 290 batting average, decent number of doubles. The home runs really weren't there. Uh, the, the, the injuries were a factor for him. But the biggest issues were obviously on defense. And I think, you know, Cleveland, Minnesota, Boston, um, Tampa, uh, that's not really a, the kind of move that they typically make. But his, his contract is also not nearly as bad as people seem to think it is. Mm-hmm. It's not the prohibitive thing that like Desmond or McGee or Shaw or Davis is like that it, shock contract. It, it, oh, that's that terrible shock contract. But Ooh. 12 million over the next two years for a guy who's a career 300 hitter who just hit 290 <laughs> again is like, well, that's the most funny thing to me is just how attacked Daniel Murphy got all year and he was exactly what you brought him in to be. Yeah. He was exact he was a, a career three hundred hitter yeah. with subpar defense. Yeah. Who was in the back nine of his career. That's exactly who came up with a couple clutch hits. Like he was exactly who you paid him to be. Right. The the <laughs> issue was you just never got to deploy him in the postseason, which is when he typically shines and yeah, when he was brought agreed. in for it. Didn't didn't really get to that part. So uh, Capwise says, who do you expect or who do you like uh, for us to target to be our biggest free agent signing this offseason? You haven't heard me say Tanner Roark enough at this point. Uh, are we being real? Again, am I being realistic here? Who do, who do I expect? I really do think that they'll look at somebody like that. Um, it's hard to tell anymore what the market is for guys, but he's never been a top of the line Dude, and I don't think the Rockies are getting uh, a Madison Baumgartner or Marcelo Zuna. In fact, they came straight out and told us we're not doing that. It may end up being that Roark is still too rich for their blood. Um, I like the idea of adding a Scooter Jeanette or a Joe Panic as a kind of insurance for the Brendan Rodgers, Garrett Hampson situation, especially if you can find a new home for Daniel Murphy. You move Ryan McMahon to first base, I think we all feel 100% fine with that right I'm now. I'm super comfortable with him being a everyday starter for this team. 100% right. comfortable with that, yeah, especially defensively. Right. So as much as we all want to be super excited about the way Hampson finished the season and what Rodgers' potential is, yeah. second base then does become a big, gigantic question mark. But if you could drop a million dollars to bring in Scooter Jeanette or Joe Panic, who will do two things for you, play really solid veteran defense that doesn't cost you anything, and potentially be a guy who rediscovers his bat. And, and there is a bit of a Coors Field element there. Both of those guys have had interesting histories at the ballpark mm-hmm. and good contact profiles that could play up, but they don't cost you much. Those are the kinds of bargain bin moves I just love thinking about this team making that no one's going to be like oh yeah they picked up scooter Jeanette that's going to put them over the top but but, like, but I think similar like again but like they're strong up the middle 
which is what you want, right? And so right. I think similar to what like the Avs did in this offseason, let's let's throw a little hockey in here for Drew's newfound love. They didn't make that big splash move that people were expecting them to. And you know, they went after uh, the bread man as as people say, um for sorry for non-hockey people <laughs> the bread out man. there. They went after the bread man. Um who ended up si- signing with the Islanders and and went went that down that route, but they added people like Nazem Kadri, Yunus uh, Donskoy. You know, uh, they went out and got really strong. Burakovsky, your, That's your my new guy. favorite guy, right? Burra. Um, and so what they added is Joe Sakic was smart and said, "Okay, we're gonna have to allocate our cap money to Miko Rantanen as an RFA this this off season. And so what he did is he went out and got a bunch of depth guys. Instead of trying and going to make this massive splash and overpaying for guys because they already had Nathan McKinnon, they already had Miko Rantanen, they already had Gabriel Landeskog, they already have Kale McCarr, who has been a rookie sensation, right, and is going to continue to be. They're like, we have the stars, we don't need a face of our franchise, we're not in that market. And look at what's happened. I, I, I feel a similar offseason sort of coming for the Rockies. They have their stars. Their core is strong. They have prospects. It's the best the farm season has been. I, the farm system has been, not season, sorry. You good. In, 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 in I, the memory I can remember where I, I felt really good about all the prospects. And that's what I liked about the end of the season so much is we really did see some flashes from a lot of guys. And guys that, you know, I think – you know, even just from a pitching perspective, guys that we originally had in our system to be starters per se, I think they might be really, really solid bullpen guys for us. Sure, I mean, I, I think uh, Antonio Sensatella, Jeff Hoffman, Perfect. yeah, are are both very interesting candidates to to move there and and help to solve that issue. So I agree. It's one of the things that's been very strange to me about the way the conversation is. Is kind of percolated here. Mm. It's like, of course, like you said, they have their stars and mm. their best play, whoever their best players are going to be next season are already on the team. They need oh. to find those guys who don't let them down well, in the, still, the rest uh, of the way. Again, they still have Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story right. and, you know, Herman Marquez, who's I think is going to be brilliant again next year. Right. Like, should be. He didn't even have a nightmare season like Kyle Freeland did. Right. And that's exactly why, to answer Will's question, he says, why is it incredibly dumb to trade Gray or Story this offseason? Because those are your... That, those are your guys. Those are your guys. That's why. It's, it's, these types of narratives pop up from people who aren't interested in how the Rockies try to build a winner. They're interested in getting interesting players onto other teams. Well, and I, I also think, like, and part of this is being a small market team, and I'm not even going to say the Rockies are broke because that's a tired narrative too. But it part of it's being a small market team, and part of it is realizing like you you play at Coors, you are not in New York, you're not like there's a there is a difference for the way the Rockies are going to have to try and build a winner as to the way the Yankees or the Dodgers can build a winner. I mean, I I really think the blueprint for the Rockies is similar to what the Houston Astros have done over the last couple of years. Most of their team is built from prospects. They've traded for a couple of really incredible pitchers, and but most of their talent has come from their own system and has been drafted and were traded for in their prospect stage and developed in that system. And when you're in a smaller market or a team that doesn't have the notoriety of those historic franchises, sometimes that's how you have to do things. Right. And, and I think that's what's interesting to me is I feel like the Rockies have 
kind of been doing things that way and I'm going more and more in that direction. And that's the good philosophical mm. part of it yeah, totally. that I see. You know, obviously some of the results <laughs> need to turn around there. Hey, one of the things that I am obviously learning as I get more and more into hockey is that taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Uh, so, I don't know if some of these guys are going over to Green Mountain Dental Group, but they probably could stand to make an appointment or two, maybe after their careers, mm. it seems like. Mm. Who is it that got, uh, got the stick in the face in the oh, last game I was watching? Oh, was it? Got a little uh, blood. Was it Landis Scott? Was Landis? No, no, because they were checking for bloods. I think it was EJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, Eric yeah, Johnson yeah, yeah. got got hit in the face. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, all right, cool. Blood's just a normal part of this sport. But hey, our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group will help these guys get a free Sonicare toothbrush. You too, actually, if you schedule a cleaning, X-ray, or exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Let's keep it going with the questions. We got our DNVR basketball wizard, Harrison Wind, wants to know, who will be the first Rockies player to get a statue outside of Coors Field? He also asked who should be the first Rockies player to get a statue outside of Coors Field. I do think the answer to this will be the same, and it's Todd Helton. So I, I, I agree, as I've had this conversation with you previous. Todd Helton was the face of the franchise my entire childhood, so I, I can't disagree with that. But I also... Um, I don't know if they're gonna go. I, I don't know if they will, um, especially. I mean, I mean, and these <sighs> things get erased with time. But the DUI incidents that have happened recently, and I also just think he's so much out of the public light at this point, and the whole statue thing. I, I don't know how you. He never. He won a couple. Uh, I think he won a couple batting titles, but I. I yeah, he's he got never, some batting titles, yeah, some gold gloves. Yeah, some gold gloves. He never won an MVP or really even got anywhere now, close. Are you trying to start a fight here? Because he should have won an MVP. Yes, no, All no. Right. I, I, I'm not trying to start a fight. Believe you try, me. You were going to throw a, down or what? I'm, I'm as big of a Todd Helton fan as anybody out here. Uh, this is my favorite baseball player of all time, actually. Uh, but I just I don't know if that will happen. And I think it's more of a. Uh, they're going to point to go, well, you know, he, you can argue he's not even the best player from his own era in Rockies history. I mean, Larry Walker was objectively right. probably a better player for, you know, at their peaks. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's – and so I they're going to – obviously they already retired his number. I think he's going to be part of the Rockies organization for the rest of his life. But I don't know if, like, a statue will really be that type of thing. And I think Nolan's – Got the chance. He's going to be the best player in Rockies history, right? Hands down. And I think if he wins an M MVP or leads them to a title, he won't. I think <laughs> he won't. okay. No, they'll never give him an MVP. Um, but regardless, if he leads them to a title or and, and continues playing the way he does, I mean, he wins a Golden Glove every year. It's right. a free, like it's a it's a foregone conclusion. I think you need a statue, right? I think you need an event like that to warrant a statue and that's a uh, world series or that's an MVP or anything like that versus you don't have that with Helton. I mean, right. you have 2008, but you know, it, there's still a sour feeling in a lot of fans mouths for how that ended. Right. 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 Seven. You mean, but that's I knew there was some people like, Hey, what did he say? I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> Again, I am uh, no, he, not a, not a baseball expert. I'm just a Rockies fan, but he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you did bring, I mean, there's some interesting points. There. I think you're right. Uh, Walker was the 
I, I think it's pretty easy to make the case that Walker was the better player. I struggle a little bit with something in this whole thing, and, and, it, and it's the, the value of a really good defender at first base. I still think that mm. we, as a baseball understanding society, as a member of both Rocky Mountain Sabre and the BBWAA, I feel like we are in the infant stage of understanding the value of being good at digging baseballs out of the dirt at first base. There's no stat for it. Mm. There's no we, we have a general understanding of who's good at it and who's not. But you talk to infielders, they'll, they'll tell you it makes a world of difference for their confidence in throwing the ball over there. And we just, we just don't really understand what that is. And Todd Helton was one of the best I've ever seen at a skill we don't understand. And so that's, I think, part of where I – like maybe he was just as good or just as valuable as Walker, say, defensively. And you have the consistency part of it. But the 17 years in one uniform. Oh, it's amazing. He's, he and did like play I, he's, in the only World Series that the team yeah, yeah. has appeared in. Uh, he has a National League pennant. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah. And he was good that year. He wasn't great. Obviously, Matt Holiday was their best player. But people oh, yeah, forget for sure. that in 07, like Helton was still very, very good. Very, very good. Especially uh, – Especially, I, I, if I if I remember correctly, especially his home run numbers were excellent yeah. that season. He also, I think, he had a in, triple in the first game in the NLDS, which is like he didn't have a triple all year, and then yeah, he hits one in his yeah, first yeah. postseason at bat of his career. Uh, that was pretty, and I don't think he was good in the, that postseason, though. Uh, thinking back on it, I'd have to double yeah. check. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember him being anything special. Well, especially since Matt Holiday was so good in that postseason, he was amazing. That that's all you really. I mean that's all people really remember, right? <laughs> but it, it, it is funny. I I I so I think what you're kind of getting at here too is like maybe there just shouldn't be any statues outside of Coors Field yet. That just I, I don't think anyone's really earned it. And and is that is like and that's not a knock on Larry Walker or Todd Helton. I just think like a statue is something that's massive, right? It, it's a pretty like big I'll be deal. honest. Like like think about it. I mean, uh, think about the types of you know people that don't have statues in front of other stadiums. And I would put them way ahead of the list of Todd Helton, in right. my opinion. Right. And, you know, that's not – and granted, we don't have one outside of Coors Field. Right. That might be loud. That is loud. Um, right now, and so maybe that's why we're talking about this. But, you know, I, I – I, well, and here, so here's an interesting one coming from uh, Kale Can Drive Macar. Apparently, all of my fans are hockey fans now. That's exciting. <laughs> my name is also Kale, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of that guy. Everything is working. Uh, <laughs> it says, impractical, but they should have the original Blake Street Bombers get statues. It was one kind of amalgamation of the guys. Mm, okay, uh, yeah. But I, I like that idea. I like that idea more than like just Helton having a statue. Right. I agree. I, I, I could definitely get behind that. I know our guy Manny Randawa, who's writing the book that's going to be out here pretty soon I, I know he'd like the idea of that help help him sell some books we're going to do some uh, events with him too some book signing so i'm going to be down there on the 24th at blake street tavern um wayne hagan old voice of the rockies is going to be there i think we're gonna have both those guys on the podcast talking Ooh, about that's a, that that's Larry a Walker's must listen yeah. right there that's going to be fun um but yeah and then and then frankie says it's either todd helton or our current third baseman nolan Arenado. and i think you make a compelling mm. case that you wait for the guy who's really going to set all the records and and go into the Hall of Fame much more easily than Arenado or Helton will if they are excuse me oh, then Arenado is going to go in or Walker, his yeah. first year of eligibility <laughs> especially if he changes teams hey no, <laughs> oh terrible that terrible, that hurt everybody terrible. you won't 
He won't. He's staying. He's got 300-some baseball oh, games to we, play. Again, we're uh, not talking about no, the option. No, we're not. We're not talking about the option. <laughs> Drew, who's got a phenomenal name, wants to know, did Hilliard earn himself a spot on next year's roster? Not quite yet, uh, but he earned himself a spot on the depth chart. I mean, he earned himself an opportunity. That's what he earned himself. And if he shows up at spring training – and balls out. I don't, that's more of a term in other sports. I'm trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he shows up and rakes and looks good in the outfield, particularly in center again, and he looks like he belongs, he shows up at spring training like he belongs. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the starting outfield is going to be what we listed earlier. I think mm-hmm. he's. You know, you've you've got to give. I know I'm the biggest Rymal Tapia guy ever, but you do have to give him his legitimate chance to be an everyday baseball player because he can be an absolute weapon for you. But I think Hilliard put himself on the cusp of being on the opening day roster, which if you'd asked me, and I was higher on Sam Hilliard than anybody. Mm. You can Mm. check the (laughs) – it's all on the internet. You can double-check it. I still didn't think he'd be in this spot where I almost expect him to be their fourth outfielder starting the 2020 season. I depending fourth, on how you look at Ian Desmond. Fourth? Whole, okay. Depend yeah, depending yeah, on how you look at Ian Desmond. I was going to say I was going to say that's a that's a little bit of a hot take, but uh you know, I I'll I'll take it. I'll take the hot take. I appreciate it. Well, and I I don't disagree. He was really good. I mean, he only had 77 at bats this year total, but he sort of made the best out of them. Uh for sure. Defensively, he didn't show everything you wanted out of a guy you're hoping can be an everyday baseball player for you an everyday starter eventually right i mean in in his career right um but at the same time if if his offensive pers- if he's your third outfielder right and he's putting up a, a 273 average and is you know 13 rbis seven home runs like that type of thing if you're doing that in your at bats as a third outfielder if you can have David Dahl and Rymel Tapia being who we know and think they can be, you know, and uh, David Dahl, I'm so, Charlie Blackman. I'm so sorry. I misspoke everybody. <laughs> the picture was in my head. And right. And anyways. Um, They've got outfielders, man. They, they do have out, out, outfielders. And, and so I, he really did play well in his, his limited opportunity. So, I mean, I, this might be a, a, a scolding hot take, but I almost say he's he's a lock to – appear in a Rockies uniform next year for sure in my mind. Yeah. And that opening day roster spot is well, well within his reach in my opinion. Yeah. And, and it's going to be interesting because I do think that they're coming into next season with an understanding that they're going to mess things around in general with their philosophy. They're not sticking with the – well, the veterans have more experience, and, and I never bought that narrative quite as much as a lot of other people wanted to sell it, but I think it's already been proven pretty close to be like they're over that. They're, McMahon is going to play. Toppy is going to play. David Dahl was never held back by any of it. He's oh, going to no. be Absolutely. there. He's yeah, only yeah. ever been held back by the thing we all know sometimes Injuries. happens to David. And yeah. and so, yeah, I, I really do think that they're going to come out next year you know, when, when you're coming off of back-to-back postseason appearances and you have won 91 games and you've gone into Wrigley Field and beat the winningest pitcher in the history of the postseason, you do feel pretty confident and swaggerific. I was there 
not day one. Patrick was there day one of spring training, but I was there for most of spring training this last year. And the Rockies came in thinking they were going to be awesome. They were going to take it to the Dodgers. They were going to challenge for oh, the division. how much swag was in that. I mean, even right. just the, like, the three-point competitions where everybody was like, right. They were walking around like, we cannot, like, this can't go wrong. We're too talented. Right. And they will show up next year understanding that they have everything to prove, all of them. Yep. And, and you mentioned it. It's not just the guys like we all know the relievers who didn't do well, the young guys who need to take the next step, even Nolan Arenado. You can't have by far the worst month of your career when your team needs you the most. There's room for everybody on the roster to improve. So I do think that some of the attitudinal changes that come into next season, it, Bud Black's not going to be able to say, well, I'm going to go with what's been working for us because it hasn't been working. Well, and I, I think as good as he was this year, I think there was a big part of the contract for Nolan <coughs> that, especially at the start of the season. Like totally. Just, and I think, you know, there's an adjustment point where you just go, okay, I have the big contract. I'm over it now. Like, I just want to play baseball. And I think that's who he is, and I think that's who he's going to be this next year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, we I, I think we've talked about this with some of the people in the office over some some Breck, Roo, Breck brews, maybe over. Which, which we're enjoying yeah. some delicious Colorado core right we now, are. I we might are. add. Um, I I thought when I, this first came out, number one, this, this beer grew on me like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, but, uh, cause I didn't really, it was a little weird to me that like sort of beer, but also cidery flavor to it. But it's really grown on me. It's one of my favorites now. Um, and I thought it was a perfect late summer beer. It's an even better fall beer. It's so it's good the for the perfect fall. fall beer. Yeah. I, I, I could not agree more. I don't think they've got it over at the, uh, Blake street tavern just yet. We got it. We got to get on them for that, but you can still get an avalanche. I know you can get vanilla Porter over there. They got all kinds of stuff. Well, and it's it's the perfect season for an avalanche amber right now. Speaking of your Colorado aval- avalanche, my, Drew. my my avalanche, my <laughs> my my Burakovsky. I'm getting yeah some, yeah Burakovsky. I'm, I'm yeah, getting yeah you're I'm there. getting it. you're there. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 gonna be drinking some avalanche just in honor of you know I'll one be, for every win. I'll be I'll be drinking the Breck brews, trying to not pay attention to all the people screaming at me for not knowing baseball as well as I should. To be yeah, on this right. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the family. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the let's see. Do we have any other questions coming in here? Uh, we may have a few extras, but oh wow, we've actually gone longer than I thought we have. So oh, we can... let me wrap it up with. I want to get your thoughts on the article I posted. Uh, speaking with Nolan Arenado about the concept of the forced error. I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but it's actually very easy to explain, so I can do so very quickly. Go for it. In baseball, we give people errors when they mess up on defense. Yes. You've seen this. I, yes, I have. <laughs> and I've uh, watched a baseball game before. You know, it's funny to me because we have all these fancy-schmancy new defensive statistics, and some of them are really good sometimes and some of them quite frankly i think are completely useless and even misleading um but i do agree with the central premise that a lot of people have pointed out that like fielding percentage and errors they can be very subjective it's not the best stat to measure a defender by but it also doesn't make it useless like my conversations with rbi and and other things they're they're still it's still worth knowing like who are the guys who make the most and or 
least amount of mistakes. But I think we can split this apart a little bit more to give ourselves a, a bit more information. So I like the idea of differentiating between an error where really you just messed up. They do this in tennis. Not, mm. And it's not that I watch a whole lot of tennis, but even if you haven't, you can understand very easily the concept. Sometimes you make a mistake. You just you, you have a mental lapse. The ball goes between your legs. You miss it. You, it happens mm. to everybody in sports. The quarterback throws the ball right to the guy on the other team. He just didn't see him there. It's an unforced error. As opposed to, you know, the guy tipped the pass at the line of scrimmage. Or in baseball, it's there, there's a fast runner going and you had to make a jump throw. Or uh, the ball was scorched right at you and you had to make two steps and then it went off the heel of your glove. I, th I think there are ways to differentiate. And I think it does two things. It allows you to not give quite as much of a demerit to the fielder uh, who was maybe trying to make a great play. The ones that really bother me the most is like when a guy makes a diving stop, gets up, throws across the diamond to try to get the fast runner. The first baseman whiffs on it. The ball skips by him. The runner goes to second base. You have to charge an error to the infielder on that. It's like that should be a forced error. There should be mm. a slightly different yeah. understanding of that. And not only do we say – Okay, so, and again, I don't know if there's like a point system here where we say an, a force error is worth less than a regular error. It's still fielding percentage is what it is. But you could look at the end of a year and go, okay, I got, that guy committed, if it's Nolan Arenado, he committed eight errors, and only two of them were unforced. Mm. I think that would be interesting to know. That would be interesting to know. And, and, and it's, it's an interesting statistic because I don't know how much teams – might actually be able to pull from it like you know from a contract value perspective right probably like not anything much. probably not much but i do think it's really interesting and i think it, it would be very i don't know for for baseball fans who are stats nerds specifically which is a lot of a <laughs> lot of the world now, a lot of them yeah. um i think it would be really interesting to look at that and go oh there's there's oh like Nolan Arenado Arenado only has two unforced errors this whole season wow like that's really that's really impressive right. not that eight errors isn't impressive as, as is right but, but uh, I think that's really and I I think looking at those percentages and understanding I think it might give you more of a real understanding of the value someone has defensively maybe not to a point where it really affects dollars I don't think it's that type of stat. But I think as a baseball fan, it would be very interesting. Yeah, and, and I think it would uh, help you to understand the difference between guys who can make the super great plays and guys who just never make mistakes. There's there's value to mm, that as yeah. well. Uh, but I, lo I also like the flip side of it, like the potential leaderboard for offensive players who force the most number of errors. Um, I, asked I hadn't Nolan, even thought of it yeah, from that perspective. See, interesting. And, and um, that, that was the first place Nolan went to because he was like, because you could see, like, running through his mind as I talked to him about this, I could see him watching D. Gordon run up the first baseline on him. And, and he was going, yeah, he's putting – he literally used my phrase, and maybe because I planted it in, in his head, but he said, he's forcing me to be uncomfortable. If D. Gordon hits a slow roller my way, yeah, it changes how I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to try to do some crazy stuff, and I might make a bad throw. So at the end of the year – now. I'm a little bit biased toward the speed game. I've talked before in the juice ball era, like how I'd really like to see more of the in-between plays in baseball come back. <laughs> yeah. So part of me, actually, the um, I've thought about this before, but the um, genesis of the most recent iteration of this was Garrett Hampson hit a ball into left field last week of the, the season. And just a little looper that dropped in front of the left yeah. fielder. And the guy came up, 
and Hampson like started to turn on the Jets coming around first base. And you saw the left fielder look up at him, take his eye off the ball, and it rolled away from him a couple mm. of feet. Hampson scampered to second. Single and an error. Yeah. But come on, Garrett Hampson's skill as an offensive baseball player won him an extra base. Yeah. And he didn't get any credit for it. Totally. And and, and that's the, you know, I think it'd be really interesting to see at the end. And it might I, not dude, be all I, speed I haven't guys, even but. I haven't even like I, I hadn't even thought of it from that right. perspective. I think that is incredibly interesting from that perspective. Also, uh, make sure you go check out we're we're talking about it and he's getting pretty in depth, but if you really want to get all the depth to it and find out what Nolan Arenado's perspective on this was. Go check out his story, uh, DNVR exclusive. Nolan Ar- Arenado endorses potential new defensive stat on the DNVR.com. Go to the Rockies page. It should be the first thing that comes up. It's an awesome story. There's also an audio version, which you knocked it out of the park. So if you're looking for more in depth, just go read that story and you'll know everything you need to know about this. It, it is amazing the luxury I have to, like, if I've got an idea about defense, I'm like, who can I run this by? Oh, the best defender ever? Yeah, I'll run it by yeah, him. Yeah, I'll see yeah. what he thinks of this. <laughs> I think his opinion should matter. Probably. <laughs> probably. Um, all right. Well, Ket Man, Kale Man, this has been a lot of fun, dude. It we has been a lot of fun. On. Uh, for sure. I, I mean, I'm sure I will have my haters and my fans, and uh, I hope that uh, hope that we can do this another time. I, I've really enjoyed it, and and hopefully the live viewers, if I hopefully the shadows on our faces haven't <laughs> been too bad because we're both wearing hats. Right. Hey, you know, do what you got to do. We got to represent the comic book fans with beards and hats. Apparently, <laughs> apparently. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. To everybody out there, thank you for listening, for asking some questions, for participating in the conversation. Remember, we're going to be trying to do these uh, live interactions every Tuesday, other times as well, but definitely every Tuesday in the late afternoon into the early evening, answering some questions. Uh, Just whatever you want to talk about, that's what will be on board for that day. So make sure you're following us on Twitter, at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Drew Creaseman, of course, at Patrick D. Lyons. What are you you at I'm just at Kale Sorbo, but Kale is spelled with two L's, so at K-A-L-L-E-S-O-R-B-O. Um... I pretty much just tweet about Denver sports. So if that's your thing, give me a follow. Yeah, and if you're an all-around sports fan, you, you got to give Kel a follow because he is our, our super intern here, and so he's got his fingers in all the pies, as it were. I, I'm doing doing video and audio content for everybody, yeah. we're and, and we're loving the work you do. And we just dropped a bunch of new shirts, by the way, so make oh, sure to head D- over to the dnvrlocker.com. If you guys like the Denver sports podcast logo that has uh, all, the, all the logos in it, we just dropped that as a shirt, the DNVR with all the logos. It's yeah. Super, super cool. Um, I'm definitely going to be getting one of those for sure. Me too. I'm getting the skyline one as well. Oh, the black and that's white. A, that's super. Yeah. I got the uh, I got the gray flag with the black background. I thought that was very slick. Yeah, very slick. Very yeah. cool. All right. Thanks everyone for continuing to be absolutely awesome. We will continue to be absolutely Kale Sorbo and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's 
it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more.